Welcome everybody to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. Uh, really glad that you joined us today. It's an incredibly uh, pertinent topic for those of us uh, hospital administrators uh, who are, are dealing with some significant issues in, in today's pandemic. So today's guest on I Don't Care is Dr. Karen Wade. Uh, she's got a really interesting background. She's an RN and an organizational psychologist, am I right? Yes, Good. that's correct. That, that's what I thought. And Karen has written a book in, about, about nursing and about you know, increasing their satisfaction and, and preventing them, you know, trying to encourage them not, not to leave uh, such a noble profession. So Karen, welcome to I Don't Care. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's really a pleasure to be here. And yes, this is a very timely topic, really that's is. for sure. Well, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your book. Uh, you know, what what caused you to, to do the research and to write this? Uh, I'm sure, I don't know if it was around the beginning of the pandemic or before, but I'd like to hear a little bit about that. So the book is called Career Clarity for Nurses, Navigating Nursing Through Challenging Times. And I wrote the book because I spent several years as a travel nurse. Uh, I, I kind of alternate back and forth between my, my love for nursing and being with patients and my, my other love to look at systems and processes and so forth. Okay. So as I was traveling the country and I worked in cities and small towns, I worked in big facilities, small facilities, clinics, hospitals, I heard a similar set of complaints from nurses. Um, and I also noticed that there's always a contingent of nurses who seem to be unhappy and not really able to kind of move beyond that. So I decided to write a, nurse, uh, to write a book that would kind of combine my experience as a psychologist and how it is that you help people achieve career satisfaction, as well as my lived experience as a nurse and listening to nurses mm -hmm. to create a process for mm -hmm. them to um, reevaluate their life, their career, what they want, what their priorities are. So at the end of that, they can recommit to nursing or they can exit. And some people do kind of a combination of recommitting to nursing and doing something else, but they're mm -hmm. very clear at the end and they don't feel stuck anymore, which is part okay. of their stress. It's like, I Okay. Well, and, and obviously nursing is such a noble profession, but it's incredibly hard work. Uh, and so, you know, the pandemic has really brought that out uh, to a lot of a lot of the nursing professionals. Yeah, do you see do you see the 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 pandemic causing a major change in that long term, or do you see that that change being a little bit more of a short term issue? My instinct about this is that. There are always, before the pandemic, there was about 40% of nurses at any given time who were thinking about leaving their job. Now, I can't really say for sure of that percentage if they're just thinking of leaving their job or they're considering leaving nursing altogether. But there's about 40% who are always, you know, thinking about going to the next thing, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, that is definitely higher now. There was a study just a few months ago 50 states, 1,200 nurses, um, and it was more like 60% were now in the, actually they said they were leaving their facility or they were leaving the industry. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that there's going to be um, a kind of a reckoning at the end of this. I think a lot of nurses um, just out of a sense of duty and devotion are, are hanging in there as long as they can. Um, but at the end, I think they're going to take a breath and um, they're dealing with a certain amount of trauma that they are exposed to every day. Mm -hmm. And they're going to they're going to need to take care of themselves. They don't have time to take care of themselves now in that way. So I would imagine that there's going to be some type of process, some type of period after this is over where a lot of nurses are going to be reevaluating. Do I still want to do this? Um, how do I take care of myself? How do I, you know, it, it's going to be like a, a post, a post trauma, post crisis experience. And it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, but we're trying to put programs in place now to help, to help people have um, options to be able to, to be able to deal with those issues. Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly talking with, with our nursing staff here and some of my other nurse friends, it, it's like a PTSD. Uh, you know, this is incredibly dealing with, with COVID patients is incredibly difficult physically, but also emotionally as well. So, you know, it, it goes without saying that stress, stress is at an all time high in the nursing field. So what can we, you know, what can I as a, as a hospital administrator do to help alleviate some of that at this time? Well, you know, uh, a few days ago, knowing that I was preparing for this for this talk and for this interaction, I, I put out a question on Facebook on, in two large groups of Facebook groups for nurses. Okay. They have thousands and thousands of members. And I said, what is the one number one thing you want your administration to know? I have never gotten a response <laughs> in terms of just quantity. Um, it's, it's like, it was like I was giving them a voice to say something mm -hmm. and they took advantage of it. So I can't possibly repeat all 350 responses that I got, wow, but let me amazing. categorize. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, um, the first one was respect. Um, they, they don't feel like their, their voice is valued or what they're doing is the, the difficulty of what they're doing is really appreciated by the higher ups. Um, they really want to feel like they're listened to, uh, this, and, and this is something I've heard, I've heard forever in nursing that people who are higher up in the organization will decide to make some, will decide to fix a problem and they decide to change it in a way that doesn't work or makes things worse for the people who actually have to implement that. So they say like, you know, involve us in what you're going to, in, in these changes and they want to feel appreciated. Um, definitely don't feel this group didn't feel appreciated that that theme came through a lot and then the fourth one was interesting um, it was they don't think that you're working as hard as they are <laughs> that in a, in a sense it, it's like the it's like one of them stated it like this it's like don't tell me how to fight this war if you don't have mud on your boots mm -hmm. so they, they actually kind of want to see people, and I think probably especially their, the nursing uh, staff, the nursing echelon leadership, helping them more, like answering the phone, 
um, answering lights, just doing something physically, not just going to their office or go now I, I know I understand they're doing the, the you know the nursing administrators have a lot to do and they're they have their own job to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they I, I think it's a sense of like are you really with us and in a, a terms of like really in a physically tangible way to be out there. Um, to be out there helping. It's, it's a, a real irritation was like, look, we're having to work all this overtime and they don't, they seem to be going home <laughs> and, and telling us um, to, to work these short staffed weekends. Um, so again, that, that sense of empathy, that sense of like, we're, they really want to ha- feel that, that their leadership is with them in the trenches, in that foxhole doing this okay. hard work. Yeah, uh, and, and that certainly makes a lot of sense. We spend a lot of time, you know, I, every time I'm with a nurse, I'm thanking them for, for all that they do. Uh, uh-huh. and, and, and we try to be very visible. We're doing a lot of things here uh, in our hospital to show our appreciation uh, as a, an administrative team as well. I also know that our nursing leadership, our, our, our floor directors are working multiple mm-hmm. shifts. Yeah, you know, and so uh, you know we're doing that, but but we're always looking at you know what else can we do, you know how else can we support nurses? Mm-hmm. You know I plan, uh, I plan to go work on the floor. And, you know, I'm not clinical, but I I mean there's plenty of things right. that I can do, and and I just want to show my support by being out on the floor. So uh, here's a question I have. I mean you're in California, right? I am. Okay. Now obviously I, I'm here in the great state of Texas. Uh, we, uh, what would you say, is there a difference between states that have uh, a higher percentage of unionized nurses versus states that, that don't? You see, do you see a difference? Well, I know when I was a travel nurse that we had a lot of travelers come to California, and this is pre-pandemic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of nurse, nurses coming to California because they felt like, California had the best protections for nurses, the best standards for patient safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, legally, you have to have so many, you can only have so many nurses for so many patients, you know, or so many patients per nurse. Right. And many states don't have that. So in, in, the, in any way that a union can provide that, um, the, that safety for nurses so they feel like they can practice safely um, and, and give good care, I would say that's going to be a favorable. That's that's going to be a plus. Hmm. Any any way that protects their ability to care for patient safety is going to be a plus for nurses. Okay, okay. Well, I have a a, a thought about you know we're, you you yourself have been a traveler. You know we're seeing it in many hospitals around around our region are seeing nurses quit their existing positions to go work as travelers. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's causing a domino effect because then we have people quit and other hospitals are having people quit. So then we have to in turn bring in a traveler. So it's, it's almost like a zero sum game. It's great for the nurses financially, but it just kind of moves the, the deck chairs on the Titanic, if you will, at this time. Any thoughts about that? Well, 
two things came into my email box today. One was an, ar an article from the New Yorker, which is talking about, you know, we're running out of nurses. And they explained mm -hmm. this whole phenomena about um, travelers, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're, we're filling in the hotspots and we're, you know, able to go to the hotspots um, and then go to another one. But now everywhere's hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everywhere is, everywhere is. So there's, so the travel nurse agencies are just, scrambling to try and find nurses and and there's also nurses who have travel assignments who get extended who wouldn't in the past get extended so they're not available um so i mean what you're saying is is real i'm not sure i have a fix for it um but but here's here's one i i got also an email right after that that said um make seventy five hundred dollars a week um as a traveler i mean i i get multiple offers a day but i mean that was in my, you know, you multiply that out, that's $390,000 a year. Yeah, know? that's good money. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good money. It's about, I don't know, probably more than four times and what, you know, whatever been offered before. Right. <laughs> the, um, you know, a certain amount of money is going to coax the, the most reluctant out of, you know, wherever it is they're, they're, they are right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it's just, I think the more that you can, you know, the, the, the money thing, I'm not sure if you can fix that. I'm not sure if you can offer your nurses, um, you know, anything comparable, but if, if you can offer them more so that mm -hmm. they, so that you, they see that, you know, that they have other options that are more lucrative, whatever you can pay your nurses now to help them feel appreciated and respected, you know, do it. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, there's also, um, we have, we have uh, through, because of the pandemic, I started this project called the Nurse to Nurse Network. And so I've been able to recruit about 15 other nurses, senior nurses, people who have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And we are available as, as mentors to, um, to nurses who feel like they just need to unload. <laughs> you know, they just need to vent to someone who mm -hmm. is, who 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 understands? Uh, they it's if they vent to a family member, sometimes it gets emotionally complicated. If they right. you know vent to a coworker, it might get misconstrued and repeated to somebody else who so it shouldn't. So we really strive to be a safe place where people can just kind of process all these experiences that they're having and hopefully not you know let let them kind of go by the wayside a little bit to to fill themselves up so they can you know give some more. Mm -hmm. um, so that you know, could make people aware that that's available to them. Um, yeah, a I lot think of that's, nurses a, that's need, a you know, wonderful idea because you're right. So many, I mean, so many nurses, and we have a number of, of young, you know, single nurses who really don't have that family support locally. Uh, and, and I know other other hospitals are in the same are in the same situation. And so having that mentor mentee relationship has got to be very positive for them. Um, Okay, so we're, we talk about the pandemic all the time. So do you think in the future that, that nursing programs should include more training around, you know, like crises or battle, you know, this battlefield-like chaos that we're seeing right now? What do you think about that? Oh, definitely, because no nurse was ever prepared in any mm -hmm. way for, for battlefield conditions. I mean, unless you've been a military nurse right. or something and gone through basic training, where, where from day one, they are prepared for these kinds of situations. Whereas, you know, 
nurses are kind of like a deer in a headlight, deer in the headlights with, with this right now. And the American um, Association of Colleges of Nursing has put out um, a recent paper saying that they need to include in their nursing curriculums things on mental health, resilience skills, and suicide mm -hmm. prevention. Yeah. So, uh, so it's going to get integrated into nursing curricula. Okay. Um, I also know that okay. I've, I've also read some papers that did, was able to document the value of hospital administrations offering resilience training programs, um, that things like that, that mm -hmm. kind of that psychological strengthening and, and endurance is helpful. So that's something that could be done. I mean, I don't think anybody has any extra time to do any extra trainings right now, but, <laughs> but when that window opens, that mm -hmm. those are also um, positive things that you, can, that you can do to sustain and to feed and to build up the endurance of your staff. Good, yeah, and, and I will say that, that, we are, that we are doing a lot of those things, you know, uh, providing additional mental health support uh, as you said, training on resiliency, if somebody wants to click on uh, those, uh, those offerings that, that, our, uh, that our folks have provided. So, so well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're on the right track there. So, you know, and speaking of which, you know, training and onboarding mm -hmm. uh, have taken a real hit because of this, because we needed, you know, once we get nurses on here, we need to get them at the bedside as quickly as possible. So, how can we write that ship uh, of onboarding training process for those new nurses or for the nurses who come into our organization? Well, in through this project of Nurse to Nurse Network, we, we really have gotten a lot of new nurses um, who, who just feel, you know, thrown to the wolves, so, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, I would, I would say that, well, first of all, everyone needs to understand that for most of them who recently graduated, their clinical experience was cut short. Right. So they didn't get, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't get what they needed anyway. And so they're coming in to this thing not fully prepared and into a healthcare system, as you know, which is overly strained right now. So I think the most important thing you can do is to pair them with someone who is nice. Okay. <laughs> um, there are there are a lot of good there are a lot of nurses who are clinically fantastic. Okay, let them do their thing, um, but make sure that the nurses who are training the next nurses are nice and can be patient and explain things, because um, when these you know super super clinicians kind of get in their groove, they just don't have the time. They just don't. They're not good at that. It's not their thing. Um, nurturing other people. So I would suggest that. Uh, that that's, a, that's a great suggestion. And so, so mm -hmm. again, you know, with all this, and as you said, nurses haven't, haven't been trained for this unless they were in the military. You know, we as administrators really haven't either. You know, I use the, the analogy, I've been doing this for 31 years. You know, I was in a hospital that was pretty heavily involved with 9-11 down south. Uh, I've, you know, my hospitals have been mm -hmm. a part of, you know, major uh, disasters, if you will, but everything had a finite period. This, we just don't know. And so, you know, we're doing things, we're making decisions that, you know, a year ago, 
we wouldn't have considered. So, you know, you've talked about pay, you've talked about, you know, really focusing on your staff on resiliency, on mental health. Uh, you're talking about pairing them with, with someone who is nice. Uh, what other policies mm -hmm. should health systems, uh, hospitals and health systems think about uh, post-pandemic regarding their nursing staff? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of writing another book now, which is coming out in February. Okay. And it's called, <laughs> it's called Clini <laughs> Clinician Retention Strategies, um, the Healthcare Executive's Guide to Keeping Your Vital Staff. Um, so I, I think probably one, one thing I'm talking about is understanding the, the crisis cycle and understanding that once you're out of this, that you have, that you, you have a period of, of reflection um, regarding what happened here and trying to capture those lessons learned from, the, you know, kind of from the bottom up, make sure you get everybody's opinion from the bottom up and, you know, what, what didn't go so well, what, how could we have done that better to just really, um, you know, just really clarify those lessons learned. Because, because at that point, you're at the end of the, the, the crisis cycle. The, the end is learning. <laughs> the beginning is um, preparing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. what you'll do, because there's going to be another one, you know, maybe not exactly like this, but there's going to be another one. Uh, but to take those lessons learned and put them into the beginning of the anticipation cycle of, of you know, what could happen next and how can we how can we address this better? How can we prepare better? So that when you get to the actual middle point of, of coping with the crisis, um, you know, you're more prepared. But something that's very important, I've been reviewing crisis leadership, is to make sure that you have really good relationships with, with all of your stakeholders in your, mm -hmm. all of your stakeholders. And, um, you know, within your employee stakeholder group, there should be just really a deep dive into into the psyches, into the needs, into the wants of your, your frontline staff, because they're the ones who are gonna get you through. So it's, it's really stakeholder, kind of from the beginning, stakeholder management, understanding what they need, uh, what they expect, um, how, how, how they think you can be prepared for the next thing. Just really make the most of the learning that you can get out of this to prepare for the next thing that comes along. Okay. Great. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, Karen, give our nurses a good word. Give them an encouraging word, please. We could all use it, but certainly nurses right now. Well, I am, I am out of the fray right now. Um, and I, you know, I feel guilty about it because I just have so much admiration and so much pride regarding what my fellow nurses are, are doing right now. But they are going through something extraordinary, um, kind of a once, hopefully just a once in a lifetime thing, but they're going through something extraordinary. And when they get to the end of it, they're going to have a feeling of, of ah, like, wow, I, re I really did that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be, they're going to mm -hmm. have a perception of themselves that's um, much more, amplified much more magnified they're going to have a they're going to have a confidence coming at the end of this that they didn't have at the beginning mm -hmm. and so you know, hold yeah. on to that just every day 
do the best that you can. Every, you, every day is not going to be perfect. There's probably going to be a lot of imperfection, but just do, do the best that you can with what you have every day. Um, be good to the people who work with you because they're hurting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have yeah. each other's backs. Um, s- constructively, if you can, say what you need to the people who, are, who can have a, the power to do that. But just um, you, you are going to survive this. You're going to be okay. You're going to be awesome at the end of this. And you're going to be able to look back and go, I, you know, I did that. I really did that. I never thought I could, but I did it. Boy, that, that is a great word. That, just that sense of accomplishment once we get on the other side of this. Dr. Karen mm-hmm. Wade, you've been a great guest. Remind us your book. <laughs> Hold it up. That's great. There we go. <laughs> I should have had it with me. <laughs> It's right here. It's Career Clarity for Nurses, Navigating Nursing Through Challenging Times. It's available on Amazon and Target and Barnes & Noble, all those places. That's wonderful. (laughs) Karen, thanks so much. Would love to have you back on after your second book comes out. uh, I would love to do that. (laughs) If you're willing to do that. So, so again, today, uh, what a topic uh, that we're all uh, concerned about right now in healthcare. Uh, particularly at the administrative level, but throughout the throughout every hospital and health system. So again, listeners, thanks again for joining us on I Don't Care with me, Kevin Stevenson. You know the drill. It's uh, we're every Friday morning live at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, if you missed that, uh, go to Spotify and iTunes. You can always subscribe there. And as I always say, if you haven't subscribed by now, why not? So with that, Thanks again for listening, and we'll be talking to you again next week. Take care.